Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. Today, my friend Jake and I are going to be talking about running in the heat. Now, I've got to be honest, I absolutely love running in the heat and I like to be really open and inclusive. But all you people moaning about it, oh, come on, it's amazing. Surely it's so much better than getting wet. But there are some still, still, uh, still some things we need to consider. So I'm hoping that Jake is going to join me very soon. For those of you that do like to tune in on a regular basis, uh, you'll know that we've been um, Insta Live on the road over the last few weeks uh, with, has to be said, varying amounts of success. Um, I think week one, Jake basically failed to turn off the motorway and left me doing a solo on my own. Uh, Sorry, folks, that was a really painful experience for all of us. Um, And then last week, I thought I'd go on the road and do a lovely heat broadcast from Cambridge, and it turns out to be pouring with rain. But I'm safely back home. Uh, Jake is still on the road, but has assured me he will be tuning in. And here he is, looking very cool. Uh, turn your car radio on. Sorry, sorry. Technical <laughs> issue. I feel like we're just spending t- so much time on the road at the moment. I don't, I'm not good. I don't travel well. I'm like a newborn baby. I'm not good in a car. <laughs> it's, so, it's so windy outside that I've got to sit in the car. And I'm a bit disappointed because obviously we're talking about training in the heat. I've got the shades on. I've got an orange T-shirt. And it's actually pretty overcast, to be honest. I don't even know why I've got the shades on. Do you know, I was thinking, shall I sit outside and do it in the garden? But then thought, oh, no, that's just a recipe for disaster. The other day, just a little side here, I had a swarm of bees fly over into my neighbour's garden. And then they just, it was really, I thought, can't risk it. <laughs> After all of our recent outside broadcasts and um, freezing on that park bench last week, just can't <laughs> risk it. Summer training, the perils of summer training. <laughs> so I was just telling everybody before you joined, um, I've got to be honest, I love the heat. I, I, if, if it's a choice between freezing in the winter or this, oh, give me this every time. But I know that's not everybody. So come on, cards on the table, Jake. Where are you? Hot or cold? Okay. Well, cards on the table, phone on the steering wheel, guys. If this does fall off, don't worry. I will pick it up from the footwell of the car, but we'll give it a go. Balancing precariously there. So absolutely picking up, I agree, straight away on what you've just said there. And this was one of the, one of the most important points I wanted to make. But I think people do panic about the heat, and understandably so, because it can be super uncomfortable. It's not so endurable for everybody. You really like running in the heat, Joe. I, we agree on this. I really like... Uh, running in the heat but I do think that not everybody deals with running in the heat the same mm. and often well not often performance something that's closely linked to performance is whether you how well you dissipate heat and so we don't all dissipate heat at the same kind of rate and as well we're not as efficient so you can condition yourself so I do think it's important to not fear the heat. Yes, you want to be safe. You want to be smart. You don't want to run at the warmest part of the day. You know, you want to run earlier in the morning or later in the evening if your diary allows, especially if you've got maybe a relatively intense training session that perhaps Joe set for you, one of the fancy fartlek sessions. You need to be doing that when the conditions are cooler. But the more time you spend 
in those conditions safely, I want to keep making that point, you're going to accustom yourself to it. You're going to climatize. You're going to become more comfortable with it. You're not going to fear it quite as much. So I think this is definitely, I won't say it's a skill, but I think it's definitely an area of our training to hone. It's something to improve and work on because you can't get away from the fact at some point, even if most of us watching this are perhaps in old blighty in the UK, we are going to have to deal with warm conditions. So I definitely think that you just need to manage what you do a little bit and understand that we don't all deal with the heat in the same way. Uh, absolutely. Apologies for being slightly distracted there. My printer just decided to randomly print what I was trying to print two hours ago. But never mind. <laughs> Doesn't matter where we are. The, the lack of professionalism shines through all the time. Um, I love yeah. it. <laughs> absolutely. You can acclimatise to heat. Uh, you know, may love to drop a bit of my illustrious past in there. And when I was um, preparing for the European Championship, got the uh, experience of doing some heat acclimatisation. Sadly, not going to a hot climate. Unfortunately, it was going to a sports science lab at Bath University and running in what was essentially a perspex box with a heater in it. But nonetheless, the, the lesson is you can acclimatise. The problem is it takes roughly around seven days minimum to really achieve that a degree of acclimatization. And in the UK, we have, we're so up and down, aren't we, with the weather that we struggle with it, with acclimatization. And I think sometimes that's why people, you know, I think struggle to get their head around it because we don't have the consistency of warm weather all of the time. But I think, you know, I'm a great one for saying you just, you know, it's, it's your mindset. We, we love talking about mindset, don't we? And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you can, if you are sensible about how you approach your training or your races, you know, you can adjust and you can respond. And if you can be the one that responds the best, then, hey, you're going to come out of it more successfully than those people that allow it to, to affect them mentally and then affect their race. Um, but I think, as you know, going back to what you said, there is a safety element. There are things you need to consider. You, you should not just carry on. You know, when I say be positive in your mindset, that doesn't mean don't make some adjustments to what you do. So what, what were your kind of, what's your top few tips that you give your runners around heat? I think obviously safety is paramount because if you're conditioning yourself, as we're talking about here, to certain things that perhaps you need to condition yourself, not talking heat now, it doesn't necessarily put you in an unsafe situation. So for example, to work hard and get involved in fartlek sessions, as we often talk about, we spoke about recently, just going out there and doing it and, and being uncomfortable, you're going to put yourself in a situation where you will adapt. But actually where heat's concerned, you've got to keep yourself safe. Now, if we class heat as something that provides a significant amount of stress, more to some than others, as we've said, if it makes sessions quite challenging, I think that what you want to do is you want to minimize the stress in other areas. So if you're trying to adapt to acclimatize to the conditions, the warmer, the warmer, the warmer uh, environment, I suggest running flat routes, predominantly initially just as you you know start to get used to the heat we're talking about this seven day period for example for some people it might be slightly longer but you don't really want to throw yourself into a hilly you know doing a hill rep session all of a sudden you've been hit with some super hot weather you're not used to it because you know uk as we say it's all over the place and you're putting yourself in that situation it's like a double whammy there's too much to contend with likewise if you are perhaps looking at doing a longer run at the weekend okay so the classic long run you know that hydration is really important it's important obviously where um uh, to, to keep yourself hydrated for performance you don't want to go too far with it of course but you do need to keep hydrated do you really want to carry lots of water with you because that's kind of extra weight 
is that something else that you've got to factor in? Is that something else that's just going to make the whole thing a little bit more uncomfortable? So actually, you could minimize that stress by not having not carrying water but doing very very small loops it's not the most exciting i appreciate you know keep bypassing the car or the house you know a water bottle in your front garden it isn't the most exciting but actually we're talking about safety here and we're talking about fitness and improving your performance so i think sometimes just getting creative with the session and making certain adjustments that work for you i think it will help you not only physically but mentally as well because you won't go into that session panicking about the heat, panicking yeah. about the hydration pack you've got to carry with you, and maybe it's a hilly course. So just let's just be a little bit kind to ourselves, I think, especially when it's hot. Yeah, I mean, I always say to people, you know, step back from the pace and the effort. Um, step back from the intensity. So like you say, if you were going to go and do a really challenging hilly route, maybe rethink that. Um, just ease back, because you're going to be working harder for the same amount of effort, and obviously that's going to translate objectively into pace. So take it back take a bit more recovery. So I had a couple of um, groups I run this week and we just took extra recovery. So where we might have had a minute, we had a minute and a half, just because you're trying to keep your core temperature below a certain level. And I always say to people, once, once you have overheated, you have to stop. There is no other option. It's very hard to, once your core temperature gets above what's safe, it's very hard to continue doing any exercise um, to, and, and cool down. So the idea is not to reach that point and, and easing back slightly on the intensity, giving yourself a bit more recovery, gives your internal temperature a, a chance to kind of moderate itself slightly. Um, pick a shady route, you know, go for a run in the woods if you've got them or if you've got a route that's a little bit more shady, can take a couple of degrees off the temperature to be in the shade as opposed to the direct sunshine. That, that's kind of my other one. Um, the one thing I did want to pick up, though, is water. I always think you have to be really careful with water. Uh, and actually, drinking too much water in very hot weather is actually potentially more dangerous than not drinking enough in some ways. And very, very rare. It hardly ever happens, but it has happened a couple of times. You know, there's been some fatalities in, in the Great North Run. One year it was really hot, and the London Marathon it was really hot. That actually came from people drinking too much water. So with water sip it regularly but don't drink large quantities ideally drink an electrolyte mix and um, because what you don't want to do is is dilute your blood dilute sodium too much because that leads to a very serious condition which i cannot pronounce called hypotrenemia something like that anyway the bottom line is it's, it's a brain swelling condition so the idea is drink small amounts regularly don't drink loads and loads and loads um or if you are going to drink more, make sure it's got electrolytes in it and sodium in it so that you're not diluting. So I kind of almost water. I'm always a little bit like, ah, yeah, it's a real it's a, delicate balance and you have uh, to be careful. It's a very real point because I think, you know, we're talking about hypnotremia where people do, you know, it can That's be. That's the word. <laughs> by the way, Joe, but it can be very severe. And I think the thing is, it's very easy when, when, when we're hot. Oh, I need, I need water. I need water. And I do think probably a topic for another time, that people potentially put a little bit too much emphasis and focus on hydration. And even when they're going, you know, conditions are good. Yes, you need to be hydrated, but, oh, I've got to take loads of water with me for a 45 minute run. I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. And I think, well, your lips might be dry because of the, the airflow, for example, but you're not necessarily dehydrated. So I think you do need to take a relatively logical and cautious approach where hydration is concerned for sure, Joe. The other thing I wanted to mention that you pick up, off on, uh, pick up on what you mentioned about, um, forget how you phrase it we talk about you know sort of headaches and if you overheat basically it's hard mm. to come back from that 
I always say to people, it's very important to dial into the body and ask yourself, you know, the, the regular body check, how are you feeling? What's going on? How are you running? You know, you don't need to overthink it, but it's worth checking in with yourself regularly. If you're doing like a race, I think it's even more important because you, especially if you want optimized performance, you want to do really well, it's worth checking in with yourself. How am I feeling? How are things going? How's my pace? Can I sustain this effort? All those things. In the heat, it is even more important to have a hyper awareness, I believe, to really think, how am I feeling? Because having that awareness enables you to stop or reduce the effort or cut your run short, ultimately keep you safe, which is the priority. What you don't want to do is find that you're in a situation where you've almost missed the moment. Before you know it, mm -hmm. you've overheated. Maybe you've not planned your route very well, so you're miles away from home. You're on a long run. You've run out of water. You know, this is a bad situation to be in. Yeah. So planning ahead, which is kind of links nicely to what you're saying about finding shade and stuff can definitely be beneficial. Joe, can I just add something on races as well? Because this is yeah. very, my trip to Winchester this weekend is actually for a race. Although I'm going to call it an event, which is exactly what it <laughs> is. It's very hot this weekend. Not too hot at the moment. It's looking very hot this weekend. It's a trail race. I am genuinely treating it as an event. So it's, it's not, I don't need to be so cautious. But if I was really racing it, and if you are wanting to push yourself in an event and the weather looks pretty warm, remember that everybody has to deal with the same environment and the same conditions, all the other competitors. So it might be worth shelving, parking your ambitious target time. If you're really experienced as a runner, maybe you have the ability to actually adjust your target accordingly. You know, actually give it a number or a pace based on the fact that it's really hot. If you're not that experienced, run purely on feel, which is what you mentioned earlier, Joe. I think that can definitely help. I think it really pays. Yeah, I mean, I think I do say to people, obviously there's a number of factors when you're going into a race. Firstly, you know, go in with a positive mindset. So I, am going, I cannot control the weather. It is what it is, but I can control what I do and how I respond to it. And I can adjust my race plan and I should probably do that. Um, one thing I always want to say, is you do still need to warm up because warm up is not just about warming up your body temperature that aspect is probably nicely covered for you but you still need to you know engage your energy system energy systems can't talk today um do your activation do your mobility do your potentiation so you still need to warm up you may need to adjust it you may need to do slightly less but you still need to warm up um and then look at your race itself you know what what was what was the goal in this race okay if it was to run a super fast time you might need to reconsider that but that's also affected by the length of race that you do so if you know I know, um, obviously do a lot of work with track runners. If you're doing an eight and a 15, probably it's not going to affect your performance that much, to be honest, because the duration of the race is quite short. 5K, I think is a little bit in between. You are starting to get in a period where you could get quite hot while you're running. Half marathon and marathon, that's where you probably really do seriously need to reconsider that performance-based, time-based goal and perhaps think, is there something else I want to get from this? Could this just be some practicing warm-up, practicing race, you know, pre-race stuff, practicing tactics, practicing a bit of discipline, practicing what we've talked about, running to feel rather than running to pace, you know, so there are other things you can achieve from it. Um, but just be realistic and say to yourself, if it's hot, it's hot. I'm not going to smash out that sub 130 or whatever it was I wanted, but I can still get an awful lot from this race. And actually I might get more from it in other ways. So I think, you know, do adjust, do be positive, but be realistic as well. And yeah walk away from your event <laughs> don't, don't let it frustrate you as well you know you talk yeah. about 
it is what it is, as we've said. It's hot. You're doing a race. That's fine. If it's a training session, then perhaps you can keep your eye on the uh, conditions, on the on the forecast for the week. And if you're not running seven days a week, m meaning you've therefore got some days to, to play with, if you're running five days a week, for example, well, you've got two days that you can kind of, you know, you can move and juggle and shift. Fine. A race, you can't suddenly call the director and go, mate, do you mind if you just uh, <laughs> host here? But don't fear it, you know. I think you can have a really good experience you could see this as a challenge well they're saying i could really learn something today about myself I want, i've got to manage the effort really carefully and we know managing effort is really important in all races even if you've got optimum conditions so why not test yourself and improve your ability of managing effort when it's hot because it becomes even more kind of you know important so yeah definitely don't don't be afraid by that yeah it, it, Oh, sorry, did, did you want to add something to that, Joe? No, I was just going to say, you know, and you can walk away feeling satisfied. Actually, do you know what? I really, I took these adverse conditions and actually I delivered a really good performance. Absolutely. That is absolutely a fantastic thing to have achieved in a race, even if it's not that objective time that you wanted. Yeah, and I think you're leaving yourself up to, you know, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. We'll call it failure, but disappointment <laughs> because you have perhaps not adjusted your target accordingly you know it's a, it's the same with other situations in training isn't it training doesn't go well for whatever reason maybe you've been hit with a bit of illness you've been forced to miss some sessions you had it target a target time at the start of a training block and you're still hanging on to that training target uh, that race target for dear life well actually you need to make those adjustments same if it's hot so don't be afraid to let things go live to fight another day is it worth mentioning some real practical stuff that you know sometimes it's the obvious things that, you know, we think, well, they're really obvious, no point in mentioning light coloured clothing, but it's amazing how many people perhaps Yeah. Don't. And if, if you're in a hurry as well, you know, working from home, oh, I've got to get a session done quick. This happened to me the other day. Quick, just grab a t-shirt and then you're out there and you think, hang on, I'm wearing a black t-shirt. It's blue skies. The sun is beating down. It's attracting the sun. It's not the best thing. So light coloured clothing, very, very important. You know, that's some of the basic, basic stuff. Sun cream. Yeah old sun cream on there especially if you're somebody that's prone to burning you know just take the precautions i think yeah so running daisy who you know daisy's a good friend of mine uh <laughs> said you know, on a practical thing yeah think in advance as well you know be hydrated several days before you know hydration and actually nutrition and all the rest of it is not just something you do on the day um daisy ran uh the 100k ultra last weekend and i know she can tell you about sun cream <laughs> But yes, so if it's a long race, be aware you might need to reapply halfway through. Um, bear that in mind, even though that could be difficult on sweaty skin. But yeah, um, wearing, uh, I know a lot of, the, if you're doing a really long event, a lot of people like to have a wet, have a head covering because obviously your scalp can get, you know, you can get sunburnt on your scalp and obviously the, the kind of head, the sun beating down on your head. But often if you wear a wet hat or head covering, um, so, you know, you frequently wet it. That can help keep you a bit cooler as well. And the advice, I read some really good advice this morning about that, where they said, actually, when you're in the sun, cover your head. When you're in the shade, take your head covering off because then actually you can lose heat through through your your, um, your head. You can get quite significant heat loss. So that was quite, that's something I've not thought about, actually, that kind of on and off um, of your hat. But yeah, definitely think about your clothing, you know, wear something loose last thing you really want is sort of tight fitting clothing wear something loose so you've got a bit of airflow through um definitely sun cream there's one here it always makes me sound like the puritan police but yeah try and avoid drinking alcohol um heavily the night before you're going to do a session or a race the next day obviously you may want to avoid Sorry, that I generally 
but it is a dehydration and it will not necessarily leave you in a well hydrated state so maybe if you're on a more social end of running just kind of think that perhaps we should slightly lay off the beers a bit but you can we, still have fun <laughs> about uh, training in the heat in a way we're going to touch on that for sure uh, uh, around other things when we uh, talk about training uh, for holidays across holidays when you've got a break in your training block because of holidays and stuff you know what do you do about that well we're going to pick up on that in a few weeks but just to kind of link to that and the whole heat thing martina and i my girlfriend we're away all being well i mean martina's not been back to italy where she's from for feels like forever so we're away for four weeks in theory obviously if all goes well that's a long time it sounds amazing but that's a significant part in our training for the manchester marathon so all the things that we're speaking about here joe we are now having to apply this and we're having to plan ahead we're having to i'm looking at routes uh, where we can possibly run you know there's fortunately like in italy where where, where we're going to stay there's uh, along the front there you've got a tap virtually every few hundred meters you know so we're stopping and dunking ahead under the tap which is what we've done previously mm. All, which is what we're saying. So you, you've got to plan ahead. You've got to manage your expectations. I'm not expecting to be able to train over there like I am over here. And the same can be said just for if you are training over here, but it's hot. Don't expect necessarily to perform the same. Also, cross-training. Gyms are back open now. Are you a member of a gym? Do you have an elliptical trainer at home? Are you fortunate to have one of those like, like Joe's got or a bike? Something you can do that actually keeps you out of the sun, but you're still able to work on your fitness. No doubt Martina is a big swimmer will get me in the water and get my ass swimming when I'm over there, which will no doubt be a substitute for some of the runs. So again, just being a little bit clever, a little bit safe for sure, and getting creative with how you yeah. train. Just to pick up on a couple of comments, so Sohan26.2 said he's running in 30 degrees heat. Um, uh, how do you sustain the pace in temperature? Because he's lost almost a minute per mile. I think the bottom line is you are going to lose time. So again, going back to that heat chamber stuff I did before the European Championship Marathon, you know, we came out of that work saying, right, we need to look at slowing down from the start between 15 to 20 seconds per mile to actually make this sustainable. So that was starting a race in august in barcelona starting at 10 a.m in the morning finishing in the heat you know the heat of the lunchtime sun um, and that was what we came out so i think actually how do you sustain your pace you have to accept over a very long race like a marathon that the pace is going to be slower and actually it's much better if you start slower so you can't sustain the pace you would do before but slow down from the start and and carry on and then Mal Samet says, um, if you're carrying water, pour over wrists and neck. Again, that's a good one. You know, douse yourself with water, as, as you were saying. Put your head under the tap. So if you you know, jump in a lake, wouldn't that be lovely? Have you got a lake in, in Italy? As, or, I imagine I'll, you have. You're probably nowhere near one. <laughs> I'm there. I'm back there. I'm back there. If, for anybody that's really into kind of data and numbers that's watching this, I've, I've mentioned this calculator before. So many of you will be familiar with Dr. Jack Daniels, very famous running coach. I, I like a lot of his philosophies and training principles. And he has a calculator, the, the, the VDOT system, which I'm sure many of you will be familiar with. It's worth checking this out online. If you, I think you can download the app, actually, which is a VDOT calculator. But the reason I mention this is on there, you can put in, you know, classic putting your, your um, uh, uh, recent race time or result, where are you, 5K, that kind of thing. And it'll give you, you spit out your training paces. Obviously, you know, it's not 100% accurate, but it gives you a good idea. You can also adjust for temperature on there as well. So you could put, in Sohan 26.2's case, you could put, you know, temperature and it will adjust your paces accordingly. Of course, it's not an exact science like many of these things, but if you are into the number of data, and it just gives you perhaps a little bit more information, you know, match that with how you feel, which is what we're saying here as well, Joe, 
you know, and you're more likely to be able to get your training pace or rather effort accurate. And I think, you know, actually things like that are worth it. I, I remember being really surprised by how much I had to slow down. And again, when you look at races that are run in hot countries, um, again, they're always one in slower times. Why is that? Because everybody has to slow down, whether you are the super elite or the person just aiming to finish. You know, we all have to slow down. So I think sometimes those kind of calculators albeit it's you know it's generic it's an algorithm but i think it gives you a ballpark idea and manages your expectations because i think it's easy when you say slow down a bit you know we're all runners we'll be thinking oh well if i slow down five seconds a mile is that is that a bit enough of a bit so i think that kind of calculator can give you a little bit of a reality check and you might be somebody that can adapt better doesn't need to slow down as much but i think it just manages um expectation so somebody else has put freezing hydration bladders and bottles but my daughter's been doing this all week for taking her water bottles to school put it in the freezer the night before my only advice on that is only half fill it because if you fill the whole bottle you've got no water to drink at the start because it's just a block of ice so half freeze your bladders bottles whatever top up with water and then you've got some water to drink from the start and the ice will slowly melt. But it is a good, it is a good way of having cold water with you. Um, having said that, there's, a, kind of, there's some, some, a school of thought around the fact that you don't need to drink cold water. That's more of a psychological thing. Actually, physiological, physiologically, warm water is, is fine. It's just not as pleasant, is it? But um, yeah, I, sorry. I was just going to add one more thing that's on my mind, actually, I suppose, to end on a bit of a positive. If you are concerned about training through the summer and, and some of us will choose races, you know, let's talk marathons, for example. Some of us will target a spring marathon or an autumn marathon based on the sort of training that we like to do. That makes sense, doesn't it? But if actually because of this situation, the whole pandemic and all that and these races all over the place, Manchester's now, you know, London's now back end of the year where normally it's spring and you're normally training through the winter. Okay, it might be harder for many of you to get those sessions in over winter, but the odds are, please don't quote me on this, don't hold me personally accountable, <laughs> the odds are you're going to train in the heat and then you're going to race in better conditions. Let's hope, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a I'm just thinking back to virtual London last year, which was freezing and <laughs> horrible. <laughs> No, I know. I've got a couple of runners that I coach that are in Saudi Arabia. We only recently started working together, but it's quite fun. They're sending me and putting in the group, you know, I mean, the humidity, it's the humidity. It is actually, yeah. We haven't even mentioned that, you know, humidity affects yeah. sweating and sweating affects your ability to cool yourself. So, yeah. you know, but be aware of that. What I was going to mention, Joe, was they are actually, so they're training in Saudi Arabia, but they're actually going to do the Loch Ness Marathon. <laughs> They're going to win. <laughs> they're going to be like dipping at the line. It'll be a photo finish with my runners because they're so resilient to the conditions and they've been training in that difficult times, difficult times. Also, so you, you did want to say finish on a positive. I just do actually want to add a, on a serious note. Um, I always think it's useful just to know the signs of overheating. So I'm going to say that and then you can come out with something positive to really finish. Um, dizziness, fainting, seeing black spots or blackness not a good sign uh your heart rate will be increased but if it's really pounding really racing and i don't mean related to effort you know that kind of part headaches cramps confusion and the one that not many people realize if you feel cold and shivery or you get real tingling at the end of your your um your fingers and your toes that is not a good sign so if you start to feel cold when it's hot 
you probably need to slow down and cool down. Um, and sometimes what happens again is people feel cold and actually think that they are cold. You're not. You're too hot. But that's the serious stuff out of the way. Now we can all go out and enjoy. Oh, come on. It's just so much nicer in the sun, isn't it? As a coach, I've just, oh, I'm so and fed up again. Cold and wet and now it's lovely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you said we should end on the positive. So look, if you're watching this in the UK, it's not going to last, is it? Let's be honest. It's not going to last. Oh, don't say that's not a positive. Not... That's a negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've really depressed me now. It's going to last no. forever. I love it. <laughs> right, folks. Thank you ever so much. We actually both managed to get here on time, talk about something. Nobody got wet. And um, hey, this can only be a good thing. You can, as always, catch up with the Running With Jake podcast. It comes out a, a short time later as quick hits. Obviously, follow at Running With Jake on Instagram. Follow me if you're not already. Um, yeah, and have a great week, people. Good luck at the weekend if you are racing. Good luck, Jake. Hey, thanks. I'm going to all of this advice into good, into good practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Good to speak to you guys. See you next good week. Good to speak to everyone. See you next week. Bye. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.